0: Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Are you ready to go a little bit deeper in prayer today? You ready to learn a little bit more about prayer? Uh boy, last week so many of you reached out to me. I want to say thank you for your encouragement. Uh how many of you gained a little bit of insight as to why we have to pray? Right? It's on us. Uh boy, I'm gonna tell you the, the Lord kept giving me revelation this past week. Uh, and I was like, Lord, I've already preached that. And he was like, Well, I want to share more of it. I mean, it just kept just coming and coming and come more in just more insights as to the, the purpose of prayer. But I had a couple of emails. Um uh, see, four, maybe five emails of people who had a very uh, 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 heartfelt request that no one has ever taught them how to pray. And I felt like last week we kind of jumped off on the deep end of the pool. So this week I want to kind of bring it back just a hair and kind of I want to talk to you about the practice of prayer. Last week was the purpose of prayer. This week is the practice of prayer. And, and, and we're just going to take a light look at prayer. Most of this you may have heard, but I hope I put it in context uh, and, and with an emphasis that may be new to you. Um, the big question that we started asking uh, when, when I began to write this is, Lord, why don't we pray more? Why don't people pray more? Uh, and, and I believe there's, there's four big uh, answers to that. Number one, they're not sure how to pray. That was proven to me through those emails this weekend. Uh, I I sometimes take for granted that people lived my life. Uh, I grew up praying. Nora, uh, our six-year-old, she prays. And we've taught our children how to pray as they've gotten older. But not everybody was raised in a home where prayer was taught. And so I wanna make sure we go back and we, we catch everybody up and give you the knowledge that's necessary to pray. Number two, why people don't pray more. I think you get bored, I think you get distracted while you're trying to pray. Uh, how many of you have ever tried to pray and you either fell asleep or you uh, start chasing a squirrel? Huh? Yeah, that's just true, isn't it? The other day I was talking to my dad and I said, dad, I said, I'm, I'm kind of having trouble sleeping. And he said, just start praying. I said, I'm not sure that's the right thing to do. Like pray and you'll fall asleep. Like, is that what I'm wanting prayer to do? And uh, But it actually worked. So there you go. Um, number three, why people don't pray more is, uh, they think their requests, I think are too small for God. God, this is insignificant. I remember growing up, I had a a lady who taught Sunday school class when I was a kid. And, um, she was talking about, um, praying for, uh, the things we pray for and that we should be grateful and we should pray for the food. And I just raised my hand. I said, what about the food we don't like? And she said, well, somebody, somewhere there's somebody who's starving and who would trade places. I said, well, maybe I should pray that God would send them the food instead of me eating it. Uh, my parents got called in for that one. Not a good Sunday morning for me. But uh, a lot of times I think we, we misunderstand that God is interested in even the smallest intricate things in our life. So why wouldn't we take it to him? Why wouldn't we involve him in those small, intricate things? Can I tell you, he's already interested in them and all you talking to him with those items is going to get him involved. So go ahead and talk to him. No matter how big or how small, uh, take it to God. Number four, why people don't pray more. I don't think we're sure that our prayers will make a difference. I don't think we're sure that our prayers change things. Can I tell you, there is nothing further from the truth. Your prayers are always, 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 always answered. Now, I'm not going to get too deep theologically. I did plenty of that last week. You can go back and listen. Uh, But I will say this. God always answers prayer. Always. Now, he may not respond with how you expect him to respond. But he will always respond. It may not come in the timing that you've expected. And certainly, how many of us we may not get the answers that we've expected? But you will get a response from heaven. You see, a lot of times people miscategorize God's love only when he says yes. Now, Now, now stay with me on that thought just for a second. This morning, I went through Starbucks because, I mean, it was just a morning this morning. You hear me? Uh, I'm feeling the lack of that hour. Anybody else feeling that this morning? Yes, sir. Need a little go juice this morning. And I had Nora in her car seat, and I'm pulling through the drive-thru, and she goes, Dad, I need a little something. <laughs> She's rubbing her belly. You know, it's my kids. She's back her She goes, Dad, I need a little something. I said, what do you need, sis? She goes, I think you I need a cake pop. That makes two of us. I said, all right, I'll get you a cake pop. And then she goes, you know, Dad, while you're at it, let's go ahead and get a little cocoa there while we're at it. And I said, well, sis, I, I, I got to be honest. I think I might be a little too much sugar to start the morning off. How about I get you some, some ice water out of your water cup and you can have the cake pop or you can 86 the cake pop and get hot chocolate. Which one would you rather have? She goes, dad, I want both. You said I could have something. I said, yeah. I said, you have something, not everything. And all of a sudden, her countenance shifted. And I told her, I said, you know what? I said, sometimes daddy just understands you more than you understand yourself. And I said, I understand that if you take all that sugar in early in the morning, by lunchtime, you're not going to feel very well. And she said, okay, I'll take the cake pop. (laughs) Right? Right? you know what? So many of us as adults, but I want both. God says, you're not ready for what you're asking for. But God, I asked for X, Y, and Z. And he says, if I gave you what you're asking for, it would hurt you. And I love you so much. I'm willing to say no. Just like I told Nora, no, you cannot have This and that at the same time, it will make you sick. Me telling her no, quick question, does that mean that I don't love her or does that prove my love for her? Right. In that same heart and perspective, are you grateful for God's no's just as grateful as you are for his yeses? He has a view that we don't have. The Bible says that his wisdom outweighs the wisdom of the wise. And sometimes we go to God and we ask for things that to be quite honest, in this season of our life might destroy us. And that's where trusting his goodness in our life that to say, God, no matter what your response, I'll trust you. I love you enough that I trust you. And I know that I trust not just my love for you. I trust your love for me that in your decision-making for my life, even if it's a no, Or even scarier, those not yets. Ooh, those are tricky to mess with. Those not yets. It's where you ask for the right thing, but at the wrong time. Well, those can be confusing, can't they? Have you ever been in a season that you just, you knew it was the time. You knew it was the season. God, I thank you. I'm stepping into this. I'm going to march forward into this. And all of a sudden you hit a brick wall. You say, but wait, God, you call. You, I, I prayed about this. I felt peace about moving forward in this. And God's saying, I told you to move forward, but one step at a time. You see, just because he asked us to take one step forward doesn't mean he asked us to go all the way. Sometimes we have to trust. We used to play this game called Mother May I. You remember that game? I hated that game. Because <laughs> I would get so excited, I'd forget to say, Mother May I what would the response be? Yes, you may, right? They would say, take two large steps forward. Mother, may I? Yes, you may. You take two big steps forward. But see, here's what's interesting about the Lord is that sometimes when we pray, God is seeing what we cannot see. And so if we don't ask carefully, That's what we're going to talk about today is how we petition correctly. If we don't ask correctly, we will think he's saying no to the whole direction when all he is saying is no to the distance. Follow this, follow this, follow this. He's not saying that you're going the wrong direction. He's pacing you to get where you're supposed to go when you're supposed to get there. You see, a blessing is not just where, a blessing is when. You don't believe me? Ask Abraham. Go ask Moses. Go ask Joseph. Go ask anyone who has a God story in the scripture. It's not about just where. It's when. God always had timing involved with his yeses. Even still, he had timing involved, especially in his "not yet." How many know God loves you? Just raise your hand. You know He loves you. You know He wants the best for you, right? We have to remember this when we pray. We've been—we've we had more questions about prayer in the last two weeks. Just been phenomenal. And some of these, I'm, I'm going to dive deep into some deep, deep questions next week. But today I want you to see that there is a side of God that is very paternal and it's very loving. And sometimes he will not give us his view because your view should just be focused on him, not even the where or the when. Just stay focused on him. I know I've I've taught this before, but today I think it really is apropos. Uh, is that we, we have to understand that God does not lead us by leaps. The Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. Steps. Boy, isn't that nice? He's not looking for my long jump of faith today. He's just looking for a step. God, I trust you. Which way do I need to go today? I don't have to get all the way to the door. I just got to take one step in that direction. It's a beautiful thing. Do you know why we know God does not lead in steps? Because the devil leads in leaps. How do we know God doesn't lead us in leaps? Because this is the devil's job. The only time we ever see someone asked to make a big leap is when Satan tempted God to leap off the temple mount. Go read it. It's the only time. And the devil was trying to pervert God's process. So he says, if you are the son of God, leap off this, surely the angels will catch you. God does not lead through leaps. He leads through small, sure-footed, incremental steps of faith. And you and I just have to trust those steps. It's not easy, is it? Especially us being in the flesh, desiring what we desire, needing what we need, wanting what we want. Man, we want to just jump out there and just see all the faith and all of God's goodness. And can I tell you this? If you got everything you want, every time you ask, there'd be no need for faith. There'd be no relationship. God would literally be like that coin machine that Nora blows all of our extra money on. (laughs) Dad, I'm going to need a quarter. I'm going to need a quarter. I say, for what? She goes, well, I put a quarter in. I get a gumball out. Seems like a fair deal. But the problem is people treat their prayer life like they do that gumball machine. Well, I spent the time in prayer. I didn't get my gumball. I did not get my gumball. Can I tell you, God's not a gumball machine, sweetheart. He is an all-knowing, all-powerful, all-wise God. The Bible says, to the only wise God be glory, honor, and praise. Why does it say that? Because in him is the knowledge of how everything should go at all times. Aren't you grateful we can trust him in that today? I'm gonna tell you have you ever been in a place you had to hear from God? You might be in here right now and you're you're waiting with bated breath and anticipation. God, I've got to hear from you. I can't move. I'm taking step by step. And you took me where I'm at right now, and it seems like you just stopped talking. It's because your blessing is right where you are. And should you move, you would step out of the blessing. Got two people. Two people. Some of y'all don't need to hear from God like I need to hear from God. I'm going to tell you, there's some things that, 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 that our staff and our board, we are just waiting We're waiting with anticipation. Lord, you got to move us. You got to move us. And he said, I will. Everything in due time. Be patient. Be patient. Can I tell you, uh, first I just want to celebrate a thing. Uh, Jen and Jerry sent us pictures. They started building the fence in East Watini this week. That's exciting. Can I be honest with y'all though? My first thought was a quick celebration. But then my second thought was, I'm ready to build the Hope Center. I'm so stinking excited about y'all's fence. I don't know that I've ever cheered for a fence in my life. (laughs) But boy, we did. Wendy me. we about had a shopping service. That's God's faithfulness. But then I saw his faithfulness in them and I said, hey, what about me? What about us? There's 700 people waiting on you. My blessing is right where I am. I said, my blessing is right where I'm at. I will not dodge a blessing. No matter how hard the enemy causes me to move, I will not move. I was talking to Cratch about it, uh, uh, what, uh, Thursday night. I was telling him how God just has orchestrated step after step after step. But then human nature is, we're stepping, we're stepping, we're stepping. And all of a sudden you stop stepping, you go, what happened? He said, what do you mean you asked me to get where you're at? Look at where you are compared to where you have been. Okay. Oh, y'all finna get preaching today. Come on, let's get let's go to the word this morning. Let's go to the word. What is prayer? Prayer is simple. It's communicating with God. It's a two-way street. We're going to talk about that today. It's a two-way street. All too often, we've been guilty of teaching our children God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. Boom, prayer done. As important as prayer and being grateful is, that's incomplete. It's valuable and it's wonderful, but it's incomplete. Communication is a two-way street. Psalms chapter five, verse one through three. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my sighing. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Expectation of what? A response. One of the most beautiful things is being quiet and still before the Lord until you get your response. We pray and we talk to God, but can I tell you, God has just as much to say to you as you have to say to him. You say, you talking about we're going to hear this some schizophrenic type stuff you're preaching now. No, listen, listen, listen. Listen, there's people out there, man, I believe they hear God's voice like that. I haven't. I haven't. I'm, I'm going to share some stuff with you today and how you can know God's voice. Point number two, um, How should we talk to God? Or point number one, how should we talk to God? With gut-level honesty. With gut-level honesty. When you're talking to God, talk to him about everything. Can I tell you, he knows you're frustrated. Go and tell him. He knows you're saying, God, we've been walking. We've been moving fast. About 14 acres in eight months, and here we are. Three months later, it feels like not a whole lot's moving here. God, I, 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 I need something. I need something, and the whole time he's saying, "Have I not met your need according to my riches and glory? Did did I not put fourteen acres in your path that a man swore he would never sell, and now you possess it?" But then we see this. This is the picture uh, of, of an immature believer. Me being one of them. Watch this. God, I need this. Boom. Great. Thanks. God, I need this. Boom. Great. Thanks. Now, God, I need this. No, God, I, I need this. This? No, this. And he's saying, Look over your shoulder. You have taken so much ground from my goodness. It's okay to stop and take stock of his goodness from time to time. And sometimes, I'm just going to, I'm going to lay it all out there. You're going to know everything about my prayer life before the day's over. I, I, I like to move fast and aggressive. I've always been that way. I don't, I don't want to waste any time. I want to move. I want to go. I want to go. Uh, Tim is one of our board members and he always says me and Craig Norwood scare him to death. Because every time I talk to Craig, the church gets bigger. The amount of money we're going to spend gets bigger. <laughs> and Tim and Wendy are looking at the budget and they're going, great dream you have there. <laughs> Can I tell you there's a difference between a dream and a vision? I'm telling that to Tim and Wendy, by the way but I've always wanted to move fast. And over the past few weeks, it just seems like no matter how hard I push things to go fast, I keep just kind of getting pushed back and having to focus on other things. And I'm just like, God, what? I mean, we were moving fast for so long. what's, What's happening now? If you move too fast you will eat uncooked birthday cake. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. God is working things out that need your patience as an ingredient to its perfection. Without your patience, You will step in too soon. Did you know that if the Hebrew children, when they left Egypt, had they gone straight in two weeks into the promised land, they would have been destroyed? For 40 years, God was weakening their enemies in Jordan and the areas that they were going to walk into. He was tearing them down by disease and and taking over these pagan gods and destroying these cities. And had they moved directly from Egypt right into the Canaan land, they wouldn't have had a chance. God is in your waiting. I can't make it any more plain than that. He's in the waiting so pray about everything that matters to you, even your frustrations. Philippians four, chapter six, or chapter four, verse six, it says, "Don't be anxious in anything, but in a few things." Is that what it says? What's yours say? Wait, what? What does yours say? But in everything, by prayer. Everything by prayer. Lord, I'm frustrated. He says, your frustration falls under the category of everything. Bring it to dad. Bring me your frustration. Here's a secret. If you do not take him your frustrations your frustrations will end up moving you before you are supposed to move. Where if you hand him your frustrations, he can change it and make peace, him being the prince of all peace. He can take a frustration and an anxiety and he can mold it into peace and hand it back to you and say, there you go. Now you just have trust and patience. You'll be fine. But in everything, my anger, my frustration... It says by prayer and petition. And the hardest part, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. I'm not very thankful about the speed at which I'm moving right now. I'm not very thankful about the way I feel sometimes. But it says in everything... Well Lord, I'm I'm tired in everything. I'm angry in everything. I'm just weary in everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. Well, God, I'm I'm presenting and I just well, your frustration counts as everything. Keep bringing it to God. First Peter chapter five, verse seven says, cast a few of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. What's that? What? Oh, what gives y'all the authority to say that? Oh, his scripture, his word. I see. Cast all your anxiety on him. Think you can handle it? Serious question. Watch this. We sometimes limit God based on what we can handle. It's just too much to handle. God says, cast all of it on me. God us more than I can take. He said, I didn't build you like I'm built. I can take it. You're in the flesh, I'm in the spirit. Cast it all on your father and watch what'll happen. You're not meant to carry anxieties. You are not built to carry fear and frustration. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Somebody needs to hear this. You are not equipped in the spirit with a luggage rack that says, place anxiety here. Place my frustration here. On the contrary, there is a place where you are supposed to dispense your anxiety. And it's not on you. It's on him. Can I tell you who blows this more than anybody? Men. Well, no, I'm supposed to take care of business. My dad raised a grown man. You hear me? I can handle it. You're handling it illegally. The scripture says to cast... All your anxiety. Another edition says, Cast your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. You see, there's there's times I forget he cares for me. I'm so busy caring about other things and Carrying things for other people. That I put the weight of the world on my shoulders. God said, Josh, I didn't build you for that, man. I did not build you for that. If you will let me, if you will cast all that on me, I'll not only do the caring on your behalf. Look at that. He says, cast it on me because I care for you on your behalf. But it's a twofold meaning. I will not only care for the things that you care about. I will care for you. Men, Sometimes we do a bad job at this. We just go through life collecting anxieties and frustrations. And then we're told, don't don't let that hang out. You got to bottle that up, boy. Got to tough that one out. And the whole time God is saying, nah, I didn't build you for that. I built you to love people. I built you to be creative. I built you to speak things in honor as though they were with a freedom and a creativity and a joy. I did not make you a carrying cart, a dump truck for anxiety and fear. So give it to me. So when we're praying, sometimes it looks like this for me. I'm tired. I'm just tired. And I just need to be restored a little bit. He has been so faithful to me that every time I've come to him with this prayer, I have left his presence feeling light. I have left his presence and left my anxiety in his presence. The only thing he ever does is thank me for it. You're doing right. Leave it with dad. There was a situation a few months back. One of my children was going through a a day where they were just overwhelmed. You know, our kids are under a lot of pressure. Man, the school ain't like it was when we were coming home. Man, the pressure to hit a GPA so that you can get a scholarship, so that you can go to this school, so that you can have this future. So that you, can I tell you, youth, if you're listening to me, God's got your future. He's got your future. And so I'm, I'm having a conversation with my child, and I'm not going to tell you which one it was. But they were just overwhelmed. Just they begin to share with me what they've been going through, I said, well, that all stops now. I said, our next move is we're going to Twin Hills to feed the ducks. (laughs) What? I said, well, we're going to stop for iced coffee, and then we're going to Twin Hills. We may not even get out of the truck. We may just sit there and watch them ugly ducks. You see, what had happened is God taught me through my child. My child came to me with an anxiety and a fear and a weight. And I said, don't worry, dad's got this. You don't have to worry about a thing. I'm going to step in as your intermediary. I will take this weight and you will never have to worry about it again. that night in prayer God told me he said some great advice you gave I think you may ought to try it yourself I said I don't like ducks I <laughs> said bring it to me man you see sometimes faith It's not the faith to go to God. Sometimes faith is what it takes to leave it with God. We've been taught that faith is just going to him. But it takes faith to take what you're worried about. And like, it's been mine to worry about. Bring it to me. I got you. You're right at the place. I'm about to lay it at his feet. I'm like, can I trust him? And so many times I pick it up. I say, God, you got enough. You got enough. I got this. And I walk out of my father's presence, carrying more weight. behind me, saying, Leave it. Don't you carry that out of here. In our foolishness, our pride, call, it whatever it is, we fail to execute what he asked clearly from us. To cast it to him and let him handle it. So when, when we pray. It's not just going to him. It's knowing what to leave with him. It's a simple conversation. Dad, life is heavy right now. I started in this last week. Just tell you, you you talk to him just like you would talk to me or you would talk to your parent or you would talk to a friend. Let me finish. How should we talk to God? Point number two was about everything that matters to you. Point number three is we should pray continually. Continually. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I often get asked, how long... Should I pray for something? Until you see a breakthrough. You keep praying. I'm going to give you this it's the word push. We should have a, a prayer of push. We just push. What does that mean? Pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. You can pray until you get peace, pray until you get a breakthrough, pray until you get an answer, but just pray, continually pray. Don't stop. See, we used to have people who would do this thing, they would pray through. You ever heard that term? We're gonna pray through. We're gonna pray through. We're gonna pray through the silence. We're gonna pray until we get an answer. We're gonna push, pray until something happens. I remember growing up the mothers of the church Come on, baby. Come, come pray. You better have some time. They weren't going to let you up until you got the answer you was looking for. Can I say I believe God's calling us back to that kind of prayer. Push. Pray until something happens. Point number four. And then listen for a response. Listen for his response. First Kings 19, verse 12 through 13, it says, And after the fire came, there was a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Elijah was running from his life, running for his life from Jezebel. And he runs to a cave where he's hiding for his life. And he's saying, God, I've got to hear from you. And the devil sent Three different perversions of God's voice. There was an earthquake, there was a wind, and there was a fire. The Bible says God wasn't in any of those. Can I tell you, be very careful when you're waiting to hear from God. How do we know it's God's voice? It'll line up with his word every time. The devil will never lead you according to scripture. It's too powerful. But God will never lead you away from it. Why? Why? It's too powerful. Same reason, different response. John chapter 10, verse 27, I'm closing. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. We have failed at listening. I think a lot of us know how to pray, but then we don't know how to listen so here's what I want to do just a quick exercise in listening. I want to watch the clock for 60 seconds. And I want you to see just how alien this is going to feel to you. But it shouldn't. It shouldn't. A quiet place should be a comforting place for a believer. It should not be alien to you because every time you pray and you bring your supplication to God, the next thing that should happen is quiet and listening. When I get to three, Kizzy's even going to stop playing the keyboard. All noise is going to stop. Check your phones. We're going to have 60 seconds of quiet. You're going to feel in about 10 seconds how alien quiet has become. Are you ready? One, two, three. And that's one minute of quiet. How strange does that feel? You see, a life in today's world is a life filled with these, it's filled with these, it's filled with screens and planners and tight schedules. The quiet that we sit in Is in direct correlation to the peace we rest in. Don't miss that. Some of you have a peace anemia right now, and it's in direct correlation to your quiet time. How do you get more peace? Spend more quiet time in the presence of God. That's not time with the worship music blasting. That's not time with, you know, uh, 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 Maverick City doing what they do so well. It's just quiet. Why? God wasn't in the fire. He was not in the earthquake, he wasn't in the wind. Everything got so quiet that Elijah heard a still, small voice, and God being God does not change. He still speaks in a still small voice. So I've learned in times where I have to hear from God. I have to get alone. I have to be quiet. So here's my question as I close. If you were to rate, based on what we've learned today, these four points... How should we talk to God with gut-level honesty? Number two, about everything that matters to us. Three, continually. And four, listen for a response. What would you rate your prayer life? On a scale of one to 10, you don't have to tell anybody. But on a scale of one to 10, what would you rate your prayer life? And here's your homework for the week. What have you learned today? That you can implement today to increase it in just about one point this week. You see, God's not asking you to go from a two to a ten. He's just saying, draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. Come to me, I'll come to you. He says, Man, we'll we'll do life together. So just a little incremental change in your prayer life can change everything. Do you believe that? Stand on your feet. I want to bless you. I don't often announce this enough, but I I should. At the end of every service, our prayer teams are always available for you. And uh, they they, they come down here at the front. And if you ever need prayer, you you can always come down and, and receive prayer. The reason why I'm saying that is because I feel the unction of the Holy Spirit. That somebody in here has just you just let that anxiety go too far. And can I tell you, it can stop today. It can stop. You can leave it here. Baby, you can leave it right here at these steps today. And you can walk out of here with a fresh mind, a fresh perspective, a lightness in your spirit that you hadn't felt in a long time. But it takes faith to leave it. Boy, does it take faith to leave it. Aren't you grateful for his word and for prayer today? Father, we love you. We worship you. I thank you, Lord, that when I was too foolish to take my anxiety to you, you gave me your word. If you'll give it to dad, I'll worry about it for you, and I'll care for you in the process. So, Lord, today, help me, help me to just continually give it to you. Not even to store it up until it gets too heavy. I mean, the minute I feel it, just turn it over. You haven't designed us to carry that. And I thank you for that. You could have created us to be worry mongers. Just, that's all we do. You could have written your word in such a way that put us under the burden of stress. But you didn't because you love us. And I'm grateful for that today. So Lord whoever you're trying to reach about this stress, whoever you're trying to reach about that anxiety, give them the wisdom to come boldly before the throne of grace and to leave the anxiety at your feet. I Thank you for that. Thank you for the power of prayer. Thank you, Lord, that more than even changing things, In our circumstances, it really does change us. Changes what we expect, what we hope for. Yeah, I'm grateful for that. I thank you, Lord, for just, you're just a good God. You're just good. Yeah, and you've been real good to me, and I'm grateful for that. So grateful. Just show everybody your loving kindness this week. Bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace, both now and forevermore. Cover us with the precious atoning blood of Jesus from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Not even our own resistance to bring anxiety to you. Help us to push through that. Help us to push through the wisdom of man and to truly enter into the wisdom of God. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to bring us all back together next week with more wisdom and more of your word locked away in our heart, Lord, that we can function in a freedom that we truly will access the power of prayer. I thank you, it. We love you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.